A student organization at the University of Tennessee recently hosted a training on how to self-manage an abortion. The Tennessee Health Department is set to pay Dr. Michelle Fiscus $150,000 to settle the lawsuit she brought when she was fired a few months after pushing you-know-what vaccines on children. And our state's Title X funds have been distributed to Planned Parenthood, so the Tennessee Attorney General is suing the federal government for illegally diverting state health funds. All of that and more on today's Big 7. My name is Adelia Kirchner. I am a reporter with the Tennessee Conservative. And unfortunately, y'all are going to have to put up with my blue, slowly turning green hair yet again because I am in fact filling in for Brandon. But before you panic... Before you go in the corner and get yourself into some sort of cardiac arrest, okay, before you do any of that, don't worry. Because even better than seeing Brandon on this podcast, you could see him in person. You can see Brandon in person and hear him speak at the McMinn County Republican Women's Meeting in Athens, Tennessee on Monday, November 13th. We are going to have the details about that event up on our website, TennesseeConservativeNews.com, so you can go check that out uh, while you're on there, while you're on the great, the, the World Wide Web, okay, as they call it, or as they used to call it. I don't know these things. But um, while you're on there, okay, you can subscribe to our free daily e-newsletter by hitting that subscribe now button, or you can simply text NEWS to 423-205-5600. Um, you should also follow us on all the social media platforms where we have not yet been shadow banned. That would include X, formerly known as Twitter, Gab, Gitter, Truth, Rumble, and MeWe. Let's get into our first story of the day, you guys. So our first story is tax breaks abound and revenue decreases causing questions over whether federal education funding can be dropped. While conservatives have spent years considering the idea of removing the U.S. Department of Education's regulations on Tennessee schools, now that those considerations are being backed with research and action, tax revenue is suddenly slowing down. Ooh, shocker. In the 2022-2023 fiscal year, taxes and fees exceeded expectations by $2.3 billion. But now, in the first half of the 2023-2024 fiscal year, numbers are not looking nearly as optimistic as lawmakers are made aware of shortfalls and needs for budget cuts or program reductions. Two things drove the massive surplus in state tax revenue over the last five years, the ability to collect taxes on internet sales and an enormous growth in franchise and excise tax collections. But as the online sales tax money becomes a normal part of the state budget and lawmakers' 2023 franchise and excise tax cuts go into effect, the days of significant revenue growth are likely in the rearview mirror. Tennessee residents have also enjoyed various sales tax holidays, particularly on groceries. That is true. I have enjoyed those. Quite a lot, actually. Uh, but <laughs> particularly on groceries, um, sports gambling has simultaneously seen a significant decrease in tax rate while betting numbers continue to rise. Large corporations have received state money and benefited from tax exemptions and incentives. It's no wonder that tax revenue is down. However, a recent study by the Sycamore Institute found that Tennessee likely still has room in the budget to replace federal funding, but at the expense of other potential investments. Interesting. You know, I think if there is, like, actually a feasible way for us to cut out the federal funding for schools in our state, I think it is a splendid idea. 
Let's please do it. Um, all of the stuff that comes attached to this federal Monday, 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 money. All of the stuff that comes attached to this federal money is like, is it's usually not good. Can we agree on that? I mean, all the stuff that was attached to the federal money with COVID was ridiculous. It was insane. Um, and I feel like the only reason that we have so much of that uh, emotional and social learning stuff going on in some of these counties, like why they're building like brand new buildings for emotional social learning, learning and opening up uh, positions for an officer of emotional social learning is probably be because like the federal funds like allow for that. I'm like, you know, a lot of these schools aren't going to want to let go of the federal funding. I don't blame them. I mean, if you already have money, you wouldn't want somebody taking it away. But um, if we can find a way to not take the federal money and still have enough money, then I think it's a wonderful idea. We'll just we'll we'll just keep an eye on that and see how it goes. You know, you should keep up with the Tennessee Conservative, and we'll probably let you know um, any future developments in that story. All right, story number two. University of Tennessee student organization hosts training on how to self-manage abortion using illegal and potentially unsafe pills from overseas. Now, this is the stuff that affects women my age, okay? This is the stuff. We're losing our rights, you guys. In Tennessee, we have no rights because we're not allowed to have abortions. Or so I've heard. I don't actually agree with that. I don't think that's true, but that's what I keep hearing from people my age. So, whatever. Whatever, um, that's besides the point. Anyways, this article reads, in an Instagram post, UT's Women's Coordinating Council, whatever that is, announced that a visitor was scheduled for October 19th who leads virtual and in-person trainings all about abortion pills. This training is focused on everything people need to know about abortion pills, including but not limited to what they are, how they work, what the side effects are, and what preparation is needed to before the medication abortion, how pills are accessed regardless of a state's law, and a little bit about digital privacy. Uh, Maxine Carwile from Self-Managed Abortion Safe and Supported led the training, telling students they needed to keep their mouth absolutely completely shut and justifying the breaking of Tennessee law by comparing it to speeding on the highway. You know it's good. You know it's good stuff when you're told to keep your mouth absolutely completely shut. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, earlier this year, Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti sent letters to several pharmacies that operate within the state to seek confirmation that they would not sell abortion pills, including one of the drugs that Carwile talked about in the training. Carwile's organization lists up to 25 companies from which someone can order generic drugs from India with no medical support or follow-up, a country that routinely produces unsafe medication. Should women require medical care after taking these drugs that would not only end the lives of their unborn babies, but also potentially do harm to their own health, Carwile advises them to lie to medical professions, professionals about what they have done and claim they are simply having a miscarriage. If you're not even supposed to lie to your, like, your medical doctor about, you know, whether or not you've taken drugs or you've been drinking or if you're not supposed to lie to them about those things, about smoking, whatever it is, um, because they need to be able to care for you and know what exactly is the exact situation going on in your body. Um, how does it make sense 
to lie about something as serious as this if somebody is taking um if some so if somebody is trying to take an abortion pill to have an abortion and something goes wrong and their body is not responding well to it which is probably most of the time because it's not something that is natural you're not supposed to you know have an abortion it's not what your body's expecting you to do um if that happens and you go to the hospital you're in the hospital or you're at the doctor's office, don't you think you're at a point where you should probably be completely honest with what you took and what is going on in your body? Because a miscarriage, it could be argued whether or not that's natural, but that's a completely different thing than you taking something and having something in your system that is doing something to your body. That's crazy, okay. Um, but yeah, that that's that article. That's insane to me. It's ridiculous. Um, let's just continue targeting women who obviously feel like they are in such a bad situation to where they need to have an abortion. Let's target them and put them in an even more unsafe position by one, having them do something illegal, two, having them take medication from another country that is probably not safe, and three, Let's tell them that if they are experiencing medical complications, to lie to their medical provider so that they, you know, could possibly continue to not get the care that they need. That makes perfect sense. Okay, anyways, um, <laughs> guys, you should be sure to go check out my buddy, Steve Abramowich, over on the Mill Creek View Podcast Tennessee, on the free speech platform Rumble, or your favorite podcast apps like iTunes and Spotify. Steve's CEO special series focused on great American business owners doing good business, and it is now available in its entirety on your favorite platform. Steve also recently interviewed the Tennessee Conservatives' longtime friend and supporter, Mark Pulliam, Aaron Miller, um, Maury County District 7's commissioner and founder of the Foundation for Liberty and Freedom, and John Schneider, best known for his role as Bo Duke in the classic Dukes of Hazard series. Ooh, interesting. You guys should go check that out. Um, also, if you're interested in getting caught up with Washington State, Mill Creek View has a podcast hosted by Vincent Cavallari. So, yeah, y'all. Go go get your podcast in for the day, okay? You finish this one, go check that one out, you know? Get your knowledge up. All right, next story. Federal Sixth Circuit of Appeals ignores Supreme Court precedent on sex offender registry laws. Several dozen lawsuits filed against the state of Tennessee alleging that the sex offender registry laws violate the rights of those who cri whose crimes predate the registry's creation in 2004. The Sixth Circuit Federal Court and Judge Eli Richardson ruled that to compel a person whose crimes predate the registry's creation violates the law of ex post facto, in that it changes the legal consequences of actions that were committed and may have already been addressed with incarceration and other punitive consequences. However, the U.S. Supreme Court has rejected broad challenges to registration and notification laws in several states where similar types of lawsuits have been filed. In 2003, in Smith v. Doe, the court ruled 6-3 that since the sex offender registry is a civil measure reasonably designed to protect the general public's safety, it's not intended as a criminal punishment um, being applied ex post facto. The origin of sex offender registry laws are found in the stories of cases where children were sexually assaulted and killed by predators who resided close to their homes. The parents who lobbied for these laws 
argued that had they been aware of the presence of such a person, they would have made different choices for their families, such as where they live and how much supervision their children would need, knowing that they were in the same neighborhood as someone who had a criminally violent past against children. Attorneys who represent the offenders in these lawsuits argue that the state has been unsuccessful in empirically proving that the registries reduce the incidences of offense and that the attorneys attended to keep filing these lawsuits and costing the state money, eventually hoping that will compel the state to change their laws regarding sex offender registries. Um, not knowing all of the legal stuff behind this, uh... I think that they should be on the sex offender registry. Um, I can see how it could be argued that that is like an, a, an additional punishment if you've already been punished that adds to the punishment because it, it is kind of um, not a great thing to be added to the sex offender registry. However, if you have a past of sexually assaulting children or violently assaulting children, etc. Okay, you should be on the sex offender registry because you know what? Uh, they might be arguing that the incidences aren't really reduced or like the, there's nothing to prove that incidences are reduced, incidents are reduced by the sex offender registry. But I personally know that my family, other people's families that I know, when we move, when we're looking for a new place to live, we check the sex offender registry. I have six younger siblings. Y you know, <laughs> you, you bet your bottom dollar that we are checking who we're living around. Because I want to know, is it okay that my younger sister, okay, is playing out, you know, in the yard next to the neighbor's house? Is that okay? Or should, you know, if I can see her out the window, what if I glance away for a second? Is the neighbor on the sex offender registry? Because if they are, you, I'm going to be right out there, right next to her. I'm not going to be watching out the window. I'm going to be right out there, right next to her. Or, you know, better yet, I'm not going to move into that house. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I, I don't know. I think they should be added to the sex offender registry. That's my opinion. Might not be a very educated opinion, but it is <laughs> just that. Um, next story. Out-of-state contractor that hired queer prostitutes for special ed doesn't require child abuse background checks in Tennessee. Wow. Shocking. <laughs> okay. The out-of-state contractor that hired queer prostitutes to sub in special education classes in Hamilton County doesn't require child abuse background checks in Tennessee. Hamilton County uses exceptional student services to hire substitute teachers, a company based out of Arizona. ESS requires minimal back background checks for potential hires in Tennessee compared to other states. Sources tell us that Hamilton County Schools has an epidemic of sexual abuse by teachers, specifically substitutes in special education teachers. In January, a gym instructor at a Chattanooga YMCA allegedly inappropriately touched two girls who were minors at the YMCA. Robert Hardman was also employed as a special ed teacher at East Hamilton Middle School, was arrested and charged with aggravated sexual battery. Hardman had been an exceptional education inclusion teacher since 2005, according to the Hamilton County School District. In March, Dwayne Sanders, who worked as a first grade teacher at Wallace A. Smith Elementary School in Oltawa, Oltawa, Oltawa? I'm so sorry if you live there. I don't know how to say your city's name. Um, <laughs> but uh, Wallace A. Smith was arrested on sexual abuse charges that involved multiple minors. 
Sanders was recognized as a HCS hero in April 2021. He began working for Hamilton County Schools in 2009 as a substitute teacher, later becoming an educational assistant in 2014 and a certified teacher three years after that. Sanders worked or volunteered at a total of five Hamilton County Schools. The Hamilton County Sheriff's Office took Casey McGrath into custody on August 18th and charged her with aggravated statutory rape. The victim was between 13 and 18 at the time. McGrath had worked at the school since 2020 and received a Teacher of the Year Award in 2021. And last year, a 60-year-old veteran teacher was arrested after it was discovered that she had been sexually abusing a 12-year-old for at least seven months. Deborah McCarty, who worked at the Chattanooga Charter School of Excellence at the time of the abuse, was charged with child molestation, enticing a child for indecent purposes, obscene phone contact with a child, and sexual assault by a person with supervisory or disciplinary authority. Hamilton County paid ESS, the Exceptional Student Services um, Company, Hamilton County paid them a total of nearly $7 million in 2020 alone for their services in acquiring substitute teachers for the district. Y'all. One, let's not use this ESS thing anymore. There needs to be, like, major background checks when you're looking for substitute teachers and um, special ed teachers, especially. Like, come on. Come on. Okay, but... (laughs) Can we, can we homeschool our kids, please? (laughs) Oh my, like, oh my God, this is terrible. This is terrible stuff. And what's crazy to me is that people will argue all day long that um, we should ban homeschooling because of how much abuse can occur uh, in the homeschooling realm. And I look at stories like this and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, I got, got it. Okay. All right. Okay. And how much abuse happens in schools? Can we... uh, It's just, it's frustrating and it's sad and it's twisted and it's disgusting. And we need to make sure, like, I I don't know, if you're you're in charge of something like choosing who is going to work at your school, I feel like you should, like, that is the ultimate responsibility is to make sure that you're putting safe, responsible, like, people in charge of these kids. Because... These kids are going to have to deal with this for the rest of their life, that this happened to them. That's insane to me. Okay. Um, Next story is that the Tennessee Health Department is set to pay ex-vaccine chief $150,000 in a lawsuit settlement. After two years, Tennessee's former top vaccine official is set to receive $150,000 as settlement in her lawsuit against the state. Per the agreement, Fiscus will no longer talk about the health department or Governor Bill Lee, who supported her being fired. Uh... We'll get to that. Here you go. Back in July of 2021, Dr. Michelle Fiscus was fired from her position as head of the state's vaccine program over what the Tennessee Health Department called a lack of leadership, poor working relationships with the members of her team, and an unwillingness to consult with superiors. However, Fiscus believed that she was really fired as a result of her sending out a memo to vaccine providers reminding them about the mature minor doctrine, essentially encouraging providers to administer COVID vaccines to minors without parental approval. Fiscus's actions resulted in mass confusion and debate amongst Tennessee lawmakers and parents over whether or not the memo was appropriate. 
At a July 2021 press conference, Governor Bill Lee encouraged Tennesseans to get the COVID-19 vaccine, saying it was the most effective tool to manage the virus. However, the governor went on to endorse the decision to fire Fiscus, saying that he trusted the health department's evaluation and supported parental rights. In September of 2021, Fiscus filed suit against Tennessee, seeking injunctive relief and damages caused by the firing and what Fiscus claims to be defamatory statements made by Chief Medical Officer Jones and Department of Health Commissioner Lisa Piercy in a letter about Fiscus's termination. According to court records, both parties involved in the lawsuit agreed to dismiss the case on Tuesday, October 24th of this year. Um, so yeah, that's nice. Uh, also, apparently, apparently, uh, Michelle Fiscus, it was, like, her reputation is ruined so badly, oh no, that she, like, le is, like, moving to Virginia or something. She's leaving Tennessee because her reputation is damaged so badly. Um, which I feel like you should have expected in a state where people care about parental rights when you like, send out a memo pretty much saying, I don't care about parental rights. Like, I feel like you should expect that people aren't going to really like what you're all about. But that's just me. That's just me. This is a tough job. It is thankless, and no one else is going to do it if I don't. So that's why I need you to get off your keister and put your money in your mouth, uh, or your money in your mouth, and put your money in your time where your mouth is. We can't just be keyboard warriors. That is a complete waste of time. And it does not really help anyone, but we are reaching more and more conservatives and bringing them into the know about what their government's actually doing so that we can get conservative legislation uh, across the finish line and get conservative candidates in office because we simply inform people about the records of the individuals uh, as they try to legislate, uh, dictate, uh, and, and typically destroy <laughs> much of what is good. Uh, and refuse to uh, repair any of the problems so that we can get some better folks in there. If you go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support, and if you give any amount, we will send you this Don't California, my Tennessee bumper sticker. We will send you this Stop Feeding the Rhinos bumper sticker, and we will send you this directory of mainly lukewarm Southern Democrats that also identify as Republicans so that you can contact them when they try to, oh, say, give illegal aliens uh, professional licenses, which they've already done, uh, or uh, to make them police officers, which they tried to do last year, or uh, killed any and all bills associated with trying to stop uh, this massive epidemic that we have uh, of poor education and illegal immigration in the state of Tennessee. And if you get $50 or more, uh, or a $10 recurring donation or more, we will send you this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler, and it is made uh, from the melted-down metal uh, of what the Biden administration is taking off of the southern border as they try to uh, destroy border fencing to make it easier for both terrorists, drug dealers, uh, rapists, thieves, and other folks that are just economic opportunists uh, to come into our country illegally while those who are trying to go through the system properly uh, waste away without any opportunities uh, because we are, quote-unquote, a nation of laws, and no one is above the law. We hear the Democrats say that all the time. And we'll also send you this proud Tennessee conservative koozie, which you can do. Uh, no wrong with. It will keep all your beverages at exactly the same temperature that you uh, originally had them at when you put them in there, and often for several years at a time with no change in degree temperature. Uh, your mileage may vary. Brandon Lewis here asking you, 
please donate to the Tennessee Conservative News. Uh, we need help. Uh, so many people consume our content, but they do not donate. And those are the same folks uh, that are to blame for why nothing really changes in our country. Because if conservative Christians do not get off the couch and do not get engaged both financially and with their time in mechanisms and methods that work, we ain't going to get nowhere. We're just managing the decline. Next story. Our next story is Tennessee Attorney General sues federal government for illegally diverting health funds to Planned Parenthood. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti has filed a complaint in the U.S. District Court in Knoxville seeking to overturn a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services decision that essentially withholds millions of dollars in family planning funds from Tennessee because of the state's current ban on abortion. Because if you ban abortion, there's no way you can possibly ha still have, like, family planning clinics. If they don't offer abortion, how else do you plan a family? Abortion is the only way you can plan a family. I can't. Okay. Earlier this year, Tennessee was disqualified from participating in the family planning funds program known as Title X. It was reported that the state was recently collecting approximately $7.1 million annually from the program. And that money was put towards funding around 100 clinics in the state that provide birth control and basic health care services, mainly to low-income women throughout the state. However, the program has become increasingly wrapped up in the fight over abortion access, and under the latest program rules, clinics cannot use federal family planning money to pay for abortions. But in order to receive funds, clinics must offer information about abortion at the request of patients. Because offering information about abortions in a state where there is a, an abortion ban makes sense. I understand that you can go to a different state, but like, but still, like, does how does that make sense? It doesn't. Okay. Um, it was announced in September that Tennessee's Title X funds were being reallocated to Planned Parenthood of Tennessee and North Mississippi. Scrimetti said, this year, the federal government illegally diverted Tennessee's funds to Planned Parenthood. We are suing to stop the federal government from playing politics with the health of Tennessee women. Our lawsuit is necessary to ensure that Tennessee can continue its 50-year track record of successfully providing these public health services to its neediest populations. It's kind of like, okay, here's my thing about Planned Parenthood. You know, everybody was, like, freaking out when uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned. They were like... They were like, but Planned Parenthoods are like one of the only places that low-income women can go for uh, birth control and other health services. It's not just abortion that Planned Parenthood offers. But then, uh, and then people were worried that the Planned Parenthoods were going to shut down. I'm like, okay, but come on. If abortion is not the main thing that Planned Parenthood is offering, like if that is not their main moneymaker, if that is not their main mission is abortion, then why would they shut down if they can't provide it? If their goal is to provide all these other health services to low-income women as well, then why does the abortion aspect of things dictate whether or not a Planned Parenthood stays open or not? That, that's my question, okay. Uh, anyways, last story of the day, y'all. Last story. Let's get into it. Jefferson County Commission takes bold stance calling for repeal of governor's emergency powers statute. Oh boy. 
Jefferson County Commission has stated its expectation that Tennessee government operate within constitutional boundaries with special emphasis on the executive branch. This expectation was recently expressed in a resolution. In calendar year 2000, when the Tennessee legislature was controlled by liberal Democrats, public chapter 946 was signed into law. The public act purportedly gave the governor authority to declare an emergency, to suspend certain laws, and to make rules that have the effect of law. So not not to make rules that necessarily are law, but to have the effect of law. Fast forward to the age of the pandemic. When the governor declared a state of emergency, certain laws were suspended, businesses were deemed as essential or non-essential, limits were placed on citizens' constitutional right of assembly, and many jurisdictions were emboldened to impose face mask mandates, all based on the governor's many executive orders, some of which ran contrary to the Tennessee Constitution. Under the Tennessee Constitution, the governor never had the power to suspend laws or impose limits on constitutional rights. But Public Chapter 946 created the illusion that the governor did have such power. Ooh, boy. (laughs) That's good stuff. Okay. Jefferson County Commission is asking the legislature to repeal the emergency powers statute and urging the governor to stay in his lane. Imagine that. Uh, Commissioner Austin Brooks said, I encourage other countries, municipalities, and organizations in Tennessee to take a stand on this issue by making their own resolutions. If we fail to act, we can only blame ourselves the next time businesses are shuttered or mask mandates are imposed under the emergency powers statute. To obtain a word draft copy of the resolution that can easily be adapted, please send requests to david.seal, S-E-A-L, 1961 at gmail.com. So that's, you know, send a request to that email so that you can get a draft copy of the resolution that you can adapt for your area. Good stuff. I mean, who was that? County Commissioner Austin Brooks in Jefferson County? He's right. Okay, if we we don't stand up, if we fail to act, we can only blame ourselves if stuff like that happens again. He is absolutely 100% correct. But that's pretty much it for this week's Pick 7, you guys. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. You should let me know in the comments down below on Rumble and YouTube, but YouTube censors everything, so probably just Rumble. Uh, You should let me know in the comments what story was the most interesting to you and why. I think that's a good question. I want to know that. So I'll read your comments. Comment below. Um, Anyways, if you like what we do here at the Tennessee Conservative and you want us to keep it up, keep doing our thing, keep bringing you your state and local news from a conservative perspective, you should consider donating to support the cause. We are a donor publication, so we appreciate any and all of your support. Uh, Just go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and hit that red support button. You can also sign up for our free weekday newsletter by hitting the green subscribe button. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, if you enjoyed today's podcast, or you enjoyed last week's podcast with Brandon, okay? And you don't want to miss out on any future podcasts where we bring you your weekly news. Um, then you should make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever streaming service you prefer. Whether it's iTunes or Spotify or Rumble or YouTube, whatever it is. Make sure you're following and subscribing and all of that jazz. You don't want to miss what we have to offer. Also, if you can... We would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a five-star review. 
they they really help us out anyways thank you for your listenership and your readership we appreciate you see you next week <laughs>